0: What's up, everybody? Good morning on this beautiful Philadelphia Eagles game day, Monday. I usually don't get to come to you guys on game days, but we are here for the Philly Sports Power Hour on a game day, and it's a big one. Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs tonight, Monday night football, and it was a great weekend. For the city of Philadelphia, when it comes to sports, a lot of good things happen. We'll talk a little Flyers, a little Sixers, a little Phillies, bringing back Aaron Nola. But obviously, a big part of today's show is going to be spent on Monday night football. I see my Power Hour crew in the house. Let's get a little bit of a roll call. I saw some of you guys. I had a cover for Johnny Mac this morning on the Birds 365 show with Jody Mack. I saw some of my Power Hour crew there. So, just came over from that show. But let's get a little roll call for the Power Hour. Wine Niners Wine, appreciate that. Saw you at Birds 365. Jim G in the house. Matt Lagoy, Adams Exploits, Twiz, WCBJJ with a fly, Eagles fly, Jason A Team, Brian Davis, Brian Lippincott, Vince Engelking. King, Thunderbird, Bobby Murphy, Wheels, Philly 007. We got the whole crew here today. Loving it. Loving it on this Eagles game day. So what we'll do, guys, we'll talk a little bit about Sixers, Flyers, Phillies. Then we'll jump into the NFL. I want to take a look at some things that happened yesterday. Almost nailed it, man. We almost nailed it. I talked to you guys last week about some of my predictions. And I was pretty close. Pretty close. So we'll talk about that as well. Rich McClatchy in the house. Good morning. But let's talk first about. Philadelphia Phillies, very, very quickly take a look at them bringing back Aaron Nola. And I really like this move. I really like this move, signing Aaron Nola to a seven-year, $172 million deal. I think you had to do it. I think you had to do it. And it looks like he gave us a little bit of a hometown discount. It's hard to say that when you're getting $172 million. But I really thought he was going to get upwards of maybe $30 million a year. They get them for a little under 25 million. But there is another day for us to talk about the Phillies because this is a football Friday. So, excuse me, not a football Friday, a football Monday. Love it. Game is tonight. Doesn't get much better than that. Then, quickly looking at our 76ers, they're on a two game winning streak. They won on Friday night, beating the Atlanta Hawks, keeping their NBA Cup hopes alive, if anybody cares about that. But back to back wins for the Sixers. Joel Embiid. Playing every game so far, which is interesting. We'll see what they do with the load management. They have another game on Tuesday, so we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. But then let's jump around. I want to spend just two minutes talking about our Fly Guys, because I can't not mention the Philadelphia Flyers on a five-game winning streak. They have not won five in a row since the 2019-2020 season, when they actually made the playoffs. And the Flyers are looking good right now. I know Wine Niners Wine in the chat is excited. What's up, Travis Yoder? Good to see you, man. Just spending a quick two minutes on the Flyers. Andrew Dirk saying the Flyers are on a tear. Yes, they are. In the last five games, they've outscored opponents 22 to 11 and have yet to trail in a single game they are the hottest team in the nhl right now number two in the metropolitan division 10 and 7 and one on the year yo i've said it before i don't have any crazy hopes for this flyers team but they are playing really good hockey i'm excited love watching competitive hockey and the fly guys look pretty good But that'll be it for our Flyers and Sixers and Phillies talk because it is football all day long today. Huge game tonight for our Philadelphia Eagles. But let's take a quick look before we turn our focus to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's take a look around the NFL yesterday. And if you guys watched the show on Friday, we talked about the four teams that are really vying for this top seed in the NFC with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the Detroit Lions, and the Seattle Seahawks. And I said on the show last week that we knew the Niners were going to win. We knew the Cowboys were going to win. But that I would not be surprised if the Chicago Bears went into Detroit As seven and a half point dogs and beat the Lions. For those of you who are here, you remember I said it. I said, I won't put money on it because I can't trust the Chicago Bears, but that I wouldn't be surprised. And man, we almost had it. We almost had it. The Chicago Bears blew that game. And that would have been such a big thing for this Philadelphia Eagles team to just make it a little bit easier down the stretch here to solidify that one seed because it looks like the Detroit Lions have the best record. I'm not sure they're the best team of those four. I think I still give that to the San Francisco 49ers. But they're sitting here now at 8-2, and two, and they have the easiest record. And you look at that game against the Chicago Bears, and I see Adam Exploits in the, st- in the chat saying Detroit got lucky. They did get lucky in that game. Jared Goff played one of the worst games I've seen for about three and a half quarters through three interceptions, and then he just turns it on down double digits in the fourth quarter. Jared Goff went off, and they come back to win that football game. That would have been so nice, so sweet for the Eagles to now take a two game lead on the Detroit Lions. But hey, Lions aren't going away, man. Good teams find ways to win games, bad teams find ways to lose games, which is exactly what you saw the Chicago Bears do. But that was a close one. That was a close one. And I see some more people checking in in the chat. M. Reyes in the house, Albert 31 41. Good morning. BSing Sports. I see Brian Davis again asking this question, so I'll address that later on in the show, Brian, about Denard Wilson because I do think they're missing Denard Wilson. Good coach. Thunderbird, the Bears got conservative. They really did. They really did. You know, they Look, the Bears obviously played a lot better than people thought they would because Justin Fields came back and played well, but they did get too conservative there at the end. They should have kept going, should have kept pushing. But I see Brian Lippicott. Goff isn't pulling that in the playoffs. Philly 007. Shout out to David Montgomery. Brandon Lewis. The B- damn Bears just needed to kill 30 more seconds, and they couldn't do it. Barbara Carroll checking in. Good morning. Bridget Tobin checking in. Good morning to you. Jason A-Team. Let the Lions come to the link in the NFC Championships game. They have no shot. So, Jason A-Team, that's what I have been saying is I don't think – the Detroit Lions have a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. The Lions don't scare me if the Eagles had to play the Lions head up in Philly at the link. But I do want to see the Eagles get the number one seed so that not only do they have home field advantage, I want to be greedy. I want that first round bye. And The Eagles don't play the Lions this regular season. You've heard me mention that before. Eagles play the 49ers. They play the Seahawks. They play the Cowboys again. They don't play the Detroit Lions. So even if you think the Eagles would beat the Lions head up, they're not going to get that opportunity in the regular season. So we need the Lions to lose to somebody. Because they're only a game back of the Eagles. We know the Eagles are going through a little bit of a rough stretch over the next few weeks. You've heard me say it before. I think the Eagles could win every single game remaining on their schedule and go 16-1. and I don't think that they will. I think that's a tough, tough ask, especially with some of these games they have coming up. Short week next week, then turn around, got the Niners then on the road in Seattle, on the road in Dallas. So the Detroit Lions have what we thought when you looked at it as the easiest schedule coming up. But the Chicago Bears almost took them out. Chicago Bears almost took them out. But now we got to be rooting for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving, and we'll talk more about that as it comes. But the Lions still have to go to Chicago. And then they're going to have two games against Minnesota, one in Minnesota. Minnesota didn't look great last night against the Denver Broncos, but that's not going to be an easy game. And then they're in Dallas as well. So what looked like an easy schedule for the Lions coming up may not be as easy as it looked a couple of weeks ago. And then I see... Colin Ashley in the chat saying that Dallas has the easiest schedule coming up. And you may not be wrong there, Colin, because you just saw Dallas, what they've done two weeks in a row, as double-digit favorites. They crushed the New York Giants last week. They bounced back this week with another double-digit favorite game against the lowly Carolina Panthers, who are 1-9 and now, and they crushed the Carolina Panthers. And you look at Dallas's remaining schedule. Home against Washington. Home against Seattle. Home against the Eagles. They then have to go on the road to Buffalo and Miami. Still not sure if those games are tough or not. Miami, as great as they looked in the regular season, has, or excuse me, in the beginning of the regular season, hasn't looked that great to me. Even beating the Raiders yesterday, 20-13, to they didn't impress me that much. And who knows what you're going to get from the Buffalo Bills. But that game won't be an easy game for Dallas having to go to Buffalo. And then they get the Detroit Lions at home before finishing the season against the Washington Commanders. So Dallas does have a relatively easy schedule. But again, the Philadelphia Eagles can really control their own destiny if they beat Dallas. If the Eagles can go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys, pretty much would knock the Dallas Cowboys out of contention for the number one seed, because they're probably not going to win the NFC East at that point. So now you got the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. Well, if you watched the show on Friday, I said the Seattle Seahawks were going to lose to the Los Angeles Rams. I just had a feeling you looked at the line. They were only one-point favorites. The game was in L.A., division opponent. Matt Stafford was coming back from injury. They were coming off of a bye. I just had a feeling that that game was an L.A. Rams game. Now, it certainly helped that Geno Smith went down with an injury. And now there's a big game on Thanksgiving between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. In Seattle, but is Geno Smith going to be ready for that game? And if Geno Smith doesn't play in that game, they have zero chance against the 49ers. 49ers may beat them even with Geno Smith, but without Geno Smith, they have no shot. But I think if you look at the Niners' remaining schedule, they have two against Seattle. Still have to play the Eagles, still have to play the Ravens. So we will see, but I really think that this number one seed, Yeah, the Niners could catch them. The Seahawks could catch them. But I think it really comes down to the Eagles and the Lions. And the Chicago Bears tried to do us a favor yesterday. They tried. They just couldn't hold on to it, man. They just could not hold on to it. Lions come back. That's a big win for the Lions. But now, hey, we get to sit back on Thanksgiving and hope that the Green Bay Packers can upset the Detroit Lions. And that's crazy that we're even saying that. How many Thanksgiving days have all of you sat there on the couch before dinner watching the Detroit Lions, and they always, always, always had bad teams. And you'd be watching that game thinking, oh, man, maybe the Lions can pull out a win on Thanksgiving. Wouldn't that be nice make their season? Well, they're actually in it now. They're actually going to be the favorite in that game. So pretty cool. But just looking around the NFL before we turn our focus to tonight's big matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Talked about how the Cowboys crushed the Panthers. They beat bad teams better than anybody. Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 13-10, to and that Cleveland Browns defense is the real deal. Jim Schwartz, we all remember Schwartz, has that Browns defense playing absolutely lights out. It helps when you got a guy like Miles Garrett, but they got a really good team, a really good defense, and they just signed local guy, I was going to say local kid, but he's not a kid anymore, local guy Joe Flacco from Audubon joining the Cleveland Browns. So hey, maybe he can make some noise for Cleveland. They are sitting there seven and three. He'll get a crack at his old team, the Baltimore Ravens, so that should be interesting, but when Flacco was here in Philadelphia, it didn't look like he had much left. So we'll see what he has left in the tank. Packers beat the Chargers 23-20. I think the Chargers, I've said it before, I think their head coach is, it surprises me he still has a job, Staley. I don't think he does a very good job. They fall to 4-6. and six. Packers improved to 4-6. and six. Texans continue their hot streak. Beating the Arizona Cardinals 21-16. C.J. Stroud, what he's doing as a rookie is remarkable. Threw a couple of bad interceptions in that game, but did what he had to do to win. What did Stroud throw for yesterday? Let's take a look. Because I know he had another big game in the air. Like I said, he did have those two turnovers. But C.J. Stroud threw for 336. Actually, threw three interceptions. I thought it was only two. Threw three interceptions. But that is interesting. 336 for C.J. Stroud that kid what he's doing as a rookie is amazing and they are in contention to be in the playoffs this year in C.J. Stroud's rookie season D'Amico Ryan's first season as a head coach very easy to root for the Houston Texans that's for sure Jaguars and Dougie P bounce back in a big way Would have liked to have seen them play that well last week against the 49ers, but they laid an egg last week. But they bounce back against a really bad Tennessee Titans team, 34-14. They win. We talked briefly. The Dolphins barely get by the Raiders. But how about Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants beating up on the Washington Commanders? DeVito. 18 of 26, 246 yards and three touchdowns. Incredible. Against the Washington Commanders. And I think it's just a matter of time now as when Ron Rivera is going to get out the door there. Does he make it through the season? What do you guys think? Do you think he makes it through the season? I see, why Niners wine? Why haven't the Eagles brought in RG3 for a workout? He has to be better than Marcus. Is RG3 even still... In the mix for that kind of stuff? I mean, he hasn't been in the league in a while, man. He hasn't been in the league in a while. I don't know if RG3's got anything left. Steven Patton, the Giants are messing up their draft position. Keep winning, Giants. I know, isn't it great? They seem to not be able to do anything right lately in New York. So yeah, so let them keep winning. That's fine. But big win for the Giants over the Commanders. Tommy DeVito, good for him. Then you had the 49ers beat the Bucks 27-14. Oh, I see Wine niners Wine saying RG3 just made a video. I didn't know he was even still involved, man. I didn't even know he still had a shot. He wants a job. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this late in the season for the Eagles to bring in a guy like RG3, I don't know if you need to do that. I don't know if you need to do that. Wine niners wine. He wanted to be in Cleveland when Deshaun went down. Yeah, Hall Jordan. RG3 hasn't played in five years. Yeah, look, when a team as desperate as the Cleveland Browns, maybe, you know, maybe you would try to take a look at a guy like RG3, but for the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think it makes any sense for us to do that. David Loprotti, good morning, man. Good to see you. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go Sixers in the house. Got to be happy with a two-game winning streak for the Sixers. Love it. But looking at the 49ers, they beat. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Brock Purdy, another good game. Did have another good game. I think he had a perfect quarterback rating in that game 21 to 25, 333, and three touchdowns for Brock Purdy against the Tampa Bay Bucks. But hey, Bucks stink, man. I'm still looking forward to that game in Philadelphia, but we can't look ahead. Got two big games coming up. And then you look at that New York Jets team gets absolutely crushed by the Buffalo Bills. I see Denise Larada checking in in the chat. Good morning. But you look at the New York Jets-Buffalo Bills game, and I think that was probably a good thing for the Philadelphia Eagles, that the Buffalo Bills won that game. Now let's have them show up in Philadelphia and lay an egg. Look, they just changed offensive coordinators. The New York Jets stink. And you finally saw Rob Sala Bench Zach Wilson at the end. I mean, what are they waiting for? Every single person who's watched a Jets game this season has said the same thing. Why are you continually putting out Zach Wilson on your offense? They're not doing anything. So they finally bench him, but the Bills win. We talked about the Rams beating the Seahawks. I called that one. Going to give myself a little pat on the back. If you were following the show last week, I told you that was going to happen. And then you saw the Broncos come back late to win that game against the Minnesota Vikings and Josh Dobbs. But the Vikings are still in the playoff hunt. And we need the Vikings to be playing well because there's two games the Detroit Lions have against the Vikings that can go a long way if the Vikings can beat the Lions. But, hey, we got bigger fish to fry tonight than worry about these other teams because we got a huge matchup. Super Bowl 57 rematch, potential Super Bowl 58 preview, Andy Reid versus the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes, Jason Kelsey versus Travis Kelsey. The storylines are endless for tonight on Monday Night Football, national TV in Kansas City, in Arrowhead. Both teams coming off of a bye. Man, I couldn't wait for this game. I've been waiting for this game for two weeks. I know all you guys have, too. It feels like an eternity that we've been waiting for this game. And I'm going to get all your guys' predictions at the end of the show. But let's take a look at some of these matchups. Because everyone's going to talk about, as they should, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Two MVP hopefuls. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes you'll probably see so much of those comparisons tonight on the broadcast but this game is really not about Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes anytime two good quarterbacks go up against each other that's the storylines we love to throw out is the quarterback versus the quarterback you know when Manning used to go up against Brady But Hurts and Mahomes aren't going to be on the field at the same time. That's an obvious statement. Hurts and Mahomes are not going to be on the field at the same time. And the real matchup in this game is not Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes. It's Jalen Hurts and this Philadelphia Eagles offense against a very good Kansas City Chiefs defense. This Kansas City Chiefs team, is not the team that you are used to seeing that just puts up a ton of points on the offensive side of the ball, that is just so explosive on offense. This Kansas City Chiefs team is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And you look at the improvements that they made from last year to this year, they have improved in almost every single defensive category from the team you saw in February in Super Bowl 57. They were giving up close to 22 points a game last year. They're giving up under 16 this year. That puts them at number two in the NFL. They were giving up close to 330 yards on defense last year. They're giving up under 290. They're really, really good against the pass. Really good against the pass. Top five in the NFL in passing yards against. The one area that this Chiefs defense hasn't been very good is against the run. But every single time We've gone into a game saying, hey, look, this defense isn't good against the pass. Or excuse me, is good against the pass, but isn't good against the run. It seems like Sirianni and Brian Johnson do the opposite. Hey, the Jets can't stop the run as well as they can against the pass. Let's run the football. Well, what do they do? They drop back 40 frickin' times throwing the ball. But this week especially... You look at this Chiefs defense. They're 17th in the league, giving up 112 yards a game. They're 26th in the league, giving up 4.5 yards per carry. Just looking at the stats would tell you, run the football against this team. You got Cam Jurgens coming back this week. Let's get our running game right. And this would be the week to do it. And not only because the defense is 26th in the league in yards per carry. Not only because they're 17th in the league in rushing yards against. Keep Mahomes on the sideline. I know this offense isn't as scary as it used to be. But they still have a top five passing offense in this league. Keep them on the sideline control the clock run the football take advantage of what we're supposed to have is a dominant offensive line let's get back to it tonight I'm not saying don't throw the football we have great weapons on the outside in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith but let's establish the run and throw the ball off of the run not the other way around And you look at the formula that other teams have used to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you guys aren't following me on Instagram, I tell you every week, head on over to at Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram. But I did a video about this last week. Chiefs are seven and two this season. In their seven wins, the opposing offenses gave their running backs on average 17 carries and in their two losses the opposing offenses gave their running backs over 30 carries just look at what the denver broncos did broncos have played the chiefs twice they won one and they lost one in the game they lost the denver broncos only gave their running backs 19 carries they came back two weeks later, and they said, you know what? We're going to flip the script. They gave their running backs 32 carries in that game. They ran it 40 times, if you include Russell Wilson's runs. But the running backs had 32 carries, and guess what? The Broncos beat the Chiefs. The formula is there. The formula is there. Let's lean on our running backs. Let's lean on that dominant offensive line. You got Cam Jurgens coming back. Let's run the football tonight. It seems like we say it almost every single week, but tonight more than ever, you look at this Kansas City Chiefs defense, fifth against the pass, 26 in the NFL in yards per carry against. It's right in front of you. It is right in front of you to win this football game. And that is what I see as the big matchup in this game, is the Eagles' offense versus the Chiefs' defense. And not only are the Chiefs very good against the pass when it comes to yards against, they get after the quarterback. Third in the NFL going into this week with 31 sacks. Fourth in the NFL in quarterback pressures. And the Eagles give up a fair amount of sacks, giving up 22 already this season. So it seems like everything is right in front of you for the formula to win this game tonight. If you're going to drop back and throw the ball 40, 50 times, that's going to go right into the hands of what the Kansas City Chiefs want you to do. They love to get after the quarterback, and they love to defend the pass. What they don't want you to do is try to pound the ball down their throat. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles should do tonight. And when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about this secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll switch over to the defensive side of the ball to see what are the Chiefs going to try to do against the Eagles, and then I'll get all your guys' predictions, and I'll give you mine for tonight. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-H-E-L-E-S. Eagle. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. I appreciate all my Power Hour crew here in the chat engaging. Go ahead and hit that like button for me if you can. Hit that share button if you're feeling up to it. The more sports fans we could reach, the better. But it's a great day here on the Power Hour today because I get to talk to you on a game day. Usually, we don't get this luxury with the games on Sundays. We talk Friday, and then we have a couple days in between. But it is a game day tonight. And if you guys don't already tune in for the Jacob Sports pregame, halftime, and postgame shows right here on the Jacob Sports Network, be sure to do that tonight. You get me, but you also get Mark Farzetta, Seth Joyner, John McMullen, Kayla Santiago, Mike Missanelli. So be sure to check it all out right here on the Jacob Sports Network pre-half and post-game show tonight as we break it all down and hopefully break down an Eagles win. But I'll give you my prediction later on in the show. But we were just talking about this Philadelphia Eagles offense and how the recipe, in my opinion, is to try to establish the run early. But one of the good things that this Eagles offense has done really well over the last few weeks has been their red zone offense. Now, that's something that we were complaining about to start the year because the red zone offense struggled in the beginning of the year. We're near the bottom of the league. We saw them working their way up. They're already up to 12 now in the NFL converting close to 56% of the time. And you look at the last three games, this Eagles offense over 71% in the red zone. And as good as the chiefs defense has been they're middle of the road when it comes to red zone, So like every single week, converting in the red zone will be important. And as good as the Chiefs have been in previous years, they're pretty much middle of the pack, 17th in the league on red zone offense. So if you're able to score touchdowns in the red zone and hold teams to field goals in the red zone, you're going to win a lot of football games. So you just look at the numbers, and the Eagles should have the advantage in that category tonight. But another area where you can win a lot of football games is if you win the turnover battle. And we've talked about this before. A major difference between this Philadelphia Eagles defense from last season to this season has been turnovers. Really both sides of the football. They're turning the ball over a lot on offense as well. But you look at this Eagles defense. And last year, through nine games, they took the ball away 20 times. This year, only 11. And I talked about how the offense has turned it over too much. Last year, through nine games, only seven turnovers. This year, 13. So they went from a plus 13 turnover differential last year through nine to a negative two turnover differential coming into this game And we saw it in Super Bowl 57. What dictated the Chiefs winning that game, we can talk about all these other factors, the field and Mahomes and all these things. It was the turnovers. Jalen Hurts played a magnificent Super Bowl, one of the best we've ever seen from the quarterback position. But if you asked him, which play he would want back, you all know what it would be. And it was that fumble that got returned the other way for a touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles need to win the turnover battle tonight to win this football game. All, everything else we're talking about isn't going to matter if you lose the turnover battle against the Chiefs tonight. And that's been an area the Eagles have struggled. It's amazing that they are still 8 and one with a negative two turnover differential. Offense has turned the ball over 13 times to start the season. The good news, that Kansas City defense doesn't have a lot of takeaways. Middle of the pack, 16th in the NFL, with only 13 takeaways. And then you look at this Kansas City offense, may surprise a lot of people to hear, close to the bottom in the league in turnovers. Turned the ball over 17 times in nine games. That puts him at 26 in the league. Patrick Mahomes, 10 interceptions. But this Eagles defense, 20th in the league. Only turned it over 11 times, 11 takeaways, with only four interceptions. Tonight would be a great night to flip that turnover differential. Let's win the turnover battle tonight. And I promise you, if the Philadelphia Eagles win the turnover battle tonight, they win this football game. Out of everything else we're going to talk about, in my opinion, that will be the most important tonight, if they can win the turnover battle. But you look at this Eagles defense, and it should not come as a surprise to anyone that the one area I'm hoping they improved in the bye was their passing defense. You can't get much better with their rushing defense being number one in the league, giving up only 66 yards per game. But their passing defense is now 28th in the NFL, giving up 257. And Brian Davis in the chat earlier asked a couple of times, do I think they are missing D-back coach Denard Wilson? And it's hard to say that they aren't, Brian Davis, when you look at what Denard Wilson is doing in Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens have the third best passing defense in the league, giving up only 169.7. Eagles are giving up 90 yards more per game. Is that all because of Denard Wilson? No. But do they miss him? I'm sure they do. He was a good coach. And the only reason he's not here anymore is because he wanted to be the defensive coordinator. And once they didn't give it to him, they agreed to part ways. But I don't think that's all on Sean Desai and this Eagles defensive coaching staff. There's been a lot of injuries in the secondary. We've talked about it before. A lot of change in the secondary. Kevin Byard just got here. Reed Blankenship's been in and out of the lineup. Bradbury missed a game. Slay missed a game. Bradley Roby was brought in. Then he starts missing games. Sidney Brown was out. Justin Evans was out. List goes on and on. Maddox out for the season. McPherson out for the season. So that's what we need to see tonight. That this Philadelphia Eagles defense and coaching staff regrouped during the bye and figured out how to play together. And hopefully you're going to see James Bradbury get back to that all-pro caliber that he is. Darius Slay. He's played well at times, but it's been too up and down. Let's hope he gets back to that Pro Bowl level that we know big play Slay can play at. And I'm really, really hoping to see Kevin Byard be the guy we all hoped he was when they made the trade with the Tennessee Titans. Because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't. But tonight would be the perfect opportunity for Kevin Byard to introduce himself, himself to the Philadelphia Eagles fan base by shutting down Travis Kelsey. Now, is he going to be able to shut him down entirely? No. I don't think anybody can shut down Travis Kelsey entirely. But tonight would be a great night for Kevin Byard to say, hey, Philly, this is what I can do. This is who you traded for. And this is what I'm going to bring to this Super Bowl run that we're hoping to go on. Because Travis Kelsey is really the only player on the Chiefs offense, outside of Patrick Mahomes, obviously, That makes you a little nervous. They don't have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They just don't. And you look at the offense this year. I told you that their defense has gotten better in almost every single category. Well, their offense has actually gotten worse in almost every single category than that Super Bowl team last year. They're averaging less yards per game. They're averaging over six points less per game, less passing yards per game, less rushing yards per game, less rushing yards per carry. Their third down efficiencies dropped, their red zone efficiencies dropped. The one area that they have improved has been sacks. They didn't give up a lot of sacks last year, they're on pace to give up even less sacks this year. And I think that has less to do with their offensive line and more to do with Patrick Mahomes. But you look at this offense, and they are not the juggernaut they've been in previous years. Doesn't mean they can't put up points. It doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes still isn't the best quarterback in the league. But there's not a lot of players on that side of the ball that scare me. But you do have Travis Kelsey. And the way this team is winning games, the way the Chiefs offense is moving the football, It's very obvious when you look at the numbers and when you watch their games. They're fifth in the NFL in passing yards. They're averaging 265 yards per game. But you look at the stats, they are 29th in the league in yards before catch. They're averaging 4.6 yards before catch, which means that when Patrick Mahomes throws the ball, It is only traveling in the air, on average, 4.6 yards. They don't throw the ball deep down the field. They don't have the playmakers on that side of the ball to throw it deep. So the way they are doing this is they are number one in the NFL with over 1,400 yards after catch. Everybody knows yak. Talk about yak, yak. The Chiefs do yak better than anyone. So what the Chiefs are going to try to do tonight, they know they're not going to be able to run the football. They're 19th in the league running the ball. They're going up against the best rushing defense in the league in the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to try to run quick, short passes to get their receivers in space to allow them to pick up yards after catch. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do that better than anybody. And the Chiefs are going to try to do it tonight against a secondary that hasn't been able to stop anybody in the air. I shouldn't say anybody. They did a good job against Miami. They did a good job in the second half against the L.A. Rams. But they're giving up entirely way too many yards in the air. But what they need to be ready for tonight, and I see some people in the chat already saying it, Chase Daniels, tackling. This Chiefs offense is going to try to throw short, quick passes to get their receivers in space. You better be sure to bring them down to the ground when you have the opportunity. Tackling will be key tonight. You can't afford missed tackles. You can't afford to allow these Chiefs receivers and tight end Travis Kelsey to pick up more yards than they should be getting after the catch. And Jim G taking the words right out of my mouth in the chat, the DBs cannot play 20 yards off. That's something we yell at the screen every time we're watching an Eagles game, me and Seth Joyner. Why are your corners playing so far off the ball? And some weeks I understand it. If you have a team that has playmakers like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, who can beat you deep, it makes sense. The Chiefs don't have players who are going to beat you deep. The stats will even tell you that. The eye test will tell you that. When you watch the games, they like to throw a lot of underneath short passes to try to get their players in space to pick up yards after catch. So how do you combat that? Get your corners to the line. Play press coverage. Be in their face. Don't allow them to get clean releases. And if they do catch the ball, keep them in front of you, tackle them immediately, do not allow them to break tackles. That will limit their passing yards. But you know what else it will do? It will give our front four an opportunity to get to Patrick Mahomes, to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Because I told you the Chiefs offense is number one in the league, only given up 12 sacks so far this season. A lot of that is because of Patrick Mahomes and his ability to be very shifty in the pocket, but it's also because they like to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Don't let them do it. So I'm really hopeful that you're going to see these D-backs up at the line. And I'm really hopeful that you're going to see people constantly constantly hitting Travis Kelsey off the line of scrimmage. Do not allow Travis Kelsey to get a clean release off the line of scrimmage. And I think if they're able to do that, and now you force Mahomes to try to throw the ball deep with these weapons that he has, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't even have Juju Smith-Schuster anymore. They have Valdez Scanlon. They have this young guy, Rashi Rice, done okay at the slot corner position, done okay. They have Justin Watson. These aren't names that should scare you, that are going to beat you deep. So stay close to the line of scrimmage. Jam these receivers, jam Travis Kelsey, and I think you can win this football game. But I see you guys in the chat. I want to just check in in the chat for a second. So, DB talking now. Roby coming back will be bigger than people think. I agree with you, DB talking. We saw what Bradley Roby did in the second half against the L.A. Rams, who had a very good passing offense and a very good slot receiver. And he shut him down. And if you guys tuned in to Birds 365, I talked to Jody Mack about that earlier. So let's hope he can stay healthy. But I do think that will be a big change. Y Niners wine? The Fangio Sirianni defense is no big plays and super off coverage. They are not playing man or press. This is not buddy ball. Y Niners wine? I agree with you 100% in any other week. But when you're going up against a team that's 29th in the league in yards before catch and number one in the league in yards after catch, To me, it would be criminal to play 8 to 10 yards off these receivers. Don't allow Patrick Mahomes to just pick you apart with small dink and dunk all the way down the field. They don't have the playmakers to beat you deep. I agree. That's the Fangio style of defense. That's the style of defense that Sirianni likes them to run, but I don't think you run it tonight with this matchup. BSing sports, D-line needs to have their hands up. Great point, BSing sports. If you can't get there, get your hands up. Don't give Mahomes a clear window to throw those short crossing routes. Colin Ashley, KC does a lot of trickery. I believe less space between the CB and the wide receivers would work great against those type of plays. I agree as well. They want to do a lot of crossing. Look, you've seen Andy Reid's style of offense. When he was here in Philly. He does like to throw the ball deep if he can. They just don't have the weapons like they used to have. Chuck Hutton, ball control on offense and keep Mahomes off the field. And the way they can do that is by long sustained drives. Run the football. Let's get back to being the most dominant offensive line in the game. You got Cam Jurgens coming back. Let's give our running backs some carries. And it'll be interesting to see very early. I know Jalen Hurts has removed the sleeve from his knee. How does he look if and when he runs tonight? We're going to find that out pretty quickly. Colin Ashley, Bayard needs to be on Kelsey all game. Philly 007, it's kind of hard to believe in this defense when we've been playing inconsistent, and they really have been playing inconsistent, especially in the passing game. But the one thing they have done well this season is get after the quarterback. And I know it doesn't feel like it, but I gave you guys the stats last week. Last year's team set a record for, with 70 sacks in the regular season. They only had 29 in their first nine games. This Philadelphia Eagles defense has 30 through the first nine games. And they are number one in the league in quarterback pressures. So, that's what I think is going to happen tonight. Is maybe this is wishful thinking, but I do think you're going to see them be in these receivers' faces, get closer to the line of scrimmage, jamming Travis Kelsey, forcing them to beat us in different ways. And now it's time for our predictions, and I see you guys giving us your predictions already. So let me get some of your predictions, and then I'll give you mine. Jim G. I say 24 17 birds. I don't think it's going to be high scoring since it's supposed to rain all day into the game. DB talking now, 34 20 Eagles. Twiz, 33 28 Eagles. Brian Lippincott, 31 23 Eagles. BSing Sports, 34 28 Birds. Wine Niners Wine, 102 to nothing. The Birds. Saturday Night Lifestyle. Well, I'll give you my prediction. I know a lot of people have the Eagles putting up 30 points. I don't think they're going to put up 30 points tonight. That Chiefs defense has been very good all season, holding teams to under 16 points per game. I don't think it's going to be that good for the Chiefs defense tonight. I don't think they're going to be able to shut down this Philadelphia offense. Eagles have a very good offense. But I do think the Eagles are going to be able to put up 27 points tonight. And I think they're going to win this football game. I think the defense is going to show up. I think they're going to hold the Chiefs to only 23 points, which is what the Chiefs are averaging this year anyway. Chiefs are averaging 23 points a game. I think they hit their average. I think you get a 27-23 win on the road in Arrowhead finally beaten Andy Reid, and this game is going to be a huge victory for this Philadelphia Eagles team in their hopes to solidify that number one seed. I think you're going to see them get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if they'll get a sack. He's so good at getting rid of the football, but I do think they will get pressure tonight. I do think they will win the turnover battle tonight, and I think your Philadelphia Eagles bring home the victory 27 27- 23 and my producer Xander just chimed in jalen hurts puts the team on his back tonight birds win big in kansas city and i want to get more of your predictions bobby murphy unfortunately has the chiefs 27 24 crawley 24 21 eagles brian davis 32 14 eagles wow Matt Lagoy, 24 20, Birds. Brian Davis, I trust the Eagles O more than the Chiefs D. Love it. DeCoy Gaming, 28 21 Eagles. Philly 007, a Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown guaranteed. Well, look, guys, we're running out of time here. The nice thing is you'll be able to get more of me either on my Instagram at Legal Hands of the Face. Twitter, at Bill Calarulo, or right here on the Jacob Sports pregame, halftime, postgame shows tonight, so be sure to check in on those. But like we end every single day with a little Today in Sports History, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And it's technically not Today in Sports History, but it was yesterday. And since we didn't do a show yesterday, I'm giving you yesterday's Today in Sports History because it's relevant to tonight. And hopefully, a good omen. And I think I gave you guys this stat last week, but it now is really relevant. We all know how good Andy Reid is after a buy 28 and four all time, 21 and three in the regular season. Hasn't lost in six years. But today in sports history, which was technically yesterday, November 19th, 2017, week 11, Andy Reid coming off of a buy lost to an NFC East opponent, the New York Giants, 12-9 in overtime. Well, here we are, almost exactly six years later, week 11 against an NFC East opponent, and Andy Reid will lose again following a bye. Only his fifth time all time, but it's going to mean a big one to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Nick Sirianni will improve his record coming off of a bye to 4-0 3-0 3-0 and in the regular season. But sh- be sure, guys, tune in tomorrow, 10 o'clock. We'll break down the entire game. Let's hope we have a lot of good things to talk about. But you got my prediction for tonight, 27-23 Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to get pressure on Mahomes. They're going to win the turnover battle. And we are going to see a better secondary than what we've seen to first nine games of the season. They have. They're going to have regrouped. They're going to be used to playing together. You got Bradley Roby coming back. Let's hope. Let's hope we see it. But I appreciate all you guys being here. Smash that like button on the way out. Hit that share button. Head on over to Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram. Give me a follow. I'll see you guys tomorrow, 10 o'clock, or today on the Jacob Sports pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. As always, guys, go birds. Go for the pulse